Welcome back to the Controlled Pairs podcast. Today, I have the privilege of being joined by my good friend and a very special guest, BDG Grimm. Grimm is an army ranger who's now transitioned into the civilian world. He is a content creator and a gamer. We talked about all things service, gaming, and what it means to be a part of the special operations community, what it takes to become a member of an organization like the Ranger Regiment that Grimm served in, and how he balanced going to war, training, and gaming throughout his time in service and what he's been doing ever since he transitioned. You guys are going to enjoy this episode. If you do enjoy the episode, I'd appreciate it if you guys subscribe to the show wherever you are listening to it, and if you would go down and leave a review and share it with a friend that helps the show grow. This is something I'm really enjoying doing, and I hope that I can continue to do it and keep bringing outstanding guests on to talk about the things that I am passionate about. But without further ado, let's welcome Grim to the Controlled Pairs podcast. Grim, what's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm doing fantastic, man. I, uh, I always start like the last, this is the third show we've done. And I've always started by saying, thanks for coming on. I know you could be doing a lot of stuff. Um, on the last weekend night before like the new year begins in earnest and you got to go back to work and everything else. So thanks for spending a little bit of time hanging out with, uh, with me and the small audience we've got here live. And, uh, I just really appreciate your time, man. Well, of course, of course. I mean, it's funny you say that taking time. Cause I literally made uh, my girlfriend stop Yellowstone for me so we could do this <laughs> podcast and then we'll finish it after that. So. Awesome. Well, thank God for modern technology where you can pause live TV. Yeah, she threatened to watch it without me, but I'm like, that's grounds for uh, moving out. So, dude, I was uh, the new um, the new Boba Fett TV show came out on Disney Plus over the last couple of days, and uh, yeah, my yeah. wife caught me about like 25 minutes into the the first episode that just released, and I thought she was going to beat me to death. I, think, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> it was solid. Um, no, that's great, man. Um, so, uh, so why don't you? Uh, you know, a lot of folks may not be familiar with you. Why don't you? Introduce yourself, you know, what do you do on the internet? What do you do in the world? What have you done in the world? Kind of, you know, where uh, where might people have seen you around? All right, well, I'm Grim, or I guess otherwise known as BDGX Grim on mm. uh, YouTube and Twitch. Um, I've make content, you know, I make some videos here and there. I st- live stream when I can and mainly playing tactical games now. It's, you know, Arma every tactical game under the book I've probably played. Um, let's see, gosh. So where do I even start? I uh, was in the Army for five years, uh, part of the 75th Ranger Regiment for four of those years, and then uh, did a year in the Guard for uh, benefits reasons. And then um, now I'm just an IT nerd. So, Dude, yeah, awesome. I mean. I didn't realize that you went full on IT nerd after you got out. That's fantastic. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. What do the what do the boys say about that? Oh, dude, it's so funny. Actually, that just reminded <laughs> me. I was, I was uh, talking to like a first sergeant or whatever when I was in bat, and they're like, "He's like, so what are you gonna do when you get out?" And I'm like, "I'm going to do IT." And he's like, "You're in the 75th Ranger Regiment, and you're <laughs> as an infantryman, and you're going out to be a nerd." And I'm like, "That's right, first sergeant." Yeah, that's hilarious, man. I think um, there's a common misconception, right? That um all members of like the special operations community, especially those who are, uh, you know, assaulters, 11 Bravos, trigger pullers, operators, whatever. There's like this archetype that people just assume these dudes fall into, but 
there's so much variety in personalities and individuals throughout that community. And I've never like, you know, made, I've, I've, been, I've made it a point, frankly, not to talk a lot about what I've done in the past, but you and I served in the same unit. Um, we crossed a little bit, you know, we were, we were in the same unit at the same time for a while, didn't know each other at the time. Uh, and I just throw that out there, not because I want to spend the episode talking about myself because I don't, but it at least allows us to be able to have a conversation about, you know, your time in the army, a little bit about my time in the military as well. And, uh, and how different we are, you and I, you know, might be compared to like the archetype that people have established in their head. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree. It's actually fu- so funny. Like just thinking about when you were bad at the same time as me. And I was like, we definitely probably crossed paths at one point oh, for sure. and had no idea. And it's yeah. just insane. The, um, while you, uh, while you were in were the, like, did you have a community of gamers or tactical buddies that, um, you know, you worked with and played games with, or were you kind of the outlier in your team squad platoon? Well, when I first got in, I was already a tactical gaming nerd and everything before I got in the army and everything. Sure. And then did all that. And I was like, I was thinking exactly what, you know, pretty much every private in the Ranger regiment is going to think. He's like, Oh God, these guys are going to think I'm such a nerd. Like no one's going to want to do this. Lo and behold, you know, it's like you said, they all come in all shapes and sizes. Like as soon as they found out, I was like really into gaming and all kinds of stuff like that. They're like, Oh, dude, me too. Like, you play this, you play that. I'm like, yeah, yeah man. And so actually, my good buddy Rod, he's he was my team leader when I first got in there. I mean, I still play with him today. So no shit. I mean, yeah, it's pretty insane. But uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of nerds in regiment. Yeah, what um, that's definitely true. I mean, it's a true across you know any um any profession or or any part of or slice of corporate America. Like people are people, right? And they're gonna have yep. varying degrees of hobbies and everything else. Um, and, uh, and dudes in soft tend to have big brains and, you know, they tend to be pretty passionate people. So regardless of what their hobbies are, they tend to, um, be heavily invested in them. Like it's not often you find a ranger just like sort of into something. He's pretty much all in on whatever he's touching all the time, you know? Um, yeah, and, and for, for me, that's definitely, uh, been the case, you know, as far as, you know, professionally and, and then certainly in the technology space and, uh, and gaming and what have you, the, the first piece of content I actually saw that, that you had made, um, I think it was like a year ago around Christmas time. It, it was a, it was a short clip on YouTube and I don't even think it was like a, a major piece of content you were trying to promote, but it was a, the silent night CQB hit in Arma. Do you remember nah, that? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. That thing was freaking dope. And if you're, if you're hearing this, you guys need to go check this out. Um, but uh, basically, like, Grim, they're in this, like, low-vis vehicle. It's an Arma 3 CQB, like, Milsim, direct action op. And um, and they're in this, uh, like, low-vis, non-tactical vehicle um, in low-visibility kits. And they're they're rolling up to a target compound. And then, like, it was just very well rehearsed, very well thought out. They kill the engine, kill the lights, roll up silently, and then get out without saying a word and basically move through a couple buildings and just uh and, and just like wreak havoc i thought it was extremely well done and i was like damn that was clean like that's a lot of people really look for those sort of experiences in tactical games yeah i mean it we didn't go through that that wasn't our first time through that building just gonna point that out right now but <laughs> it looked pretty good you guys uh, like went straight to the right compound knew where the breach was i was like ah i'd map check yeah, like three it's times rehearsed. it's rehearsed <laughs> yeah. um but no i mean the, the guys I did that with, uh, Justin Red 87 and yeah. Havoc, they're also a couple content creators. Those guys are, I mean, I play with them. We're like, we're like the deadly trio together. We all just, I love it. we do CQB together. I mean, like all the nonverbal stuff, like it's just because we play with each other for the last year and a half, two years. and For sure. Yeah, yeah. solid dudes. Yeah. And you, um, 
Yeah, you, you guys as a trio, I don't think are recognized as widely as you probably should be. If, if people knew like the wealth of knowledge in that three men element, um, you know, your content would be uh, getting just exponentially more views than it does. Um, but between like Aww. Justin and, and his background um, as a Marine and in uh, Havoc also serving and of course you and everything that you've done. So if you guys haven't checked out their stuff, it's definitely worth taking a look at because it's um, it's pretty cool. And and I also appreciate that it's not, um, you know, you're not, uh, it's it's not just like spec ops veterans crushing it with real tact, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's so easy yeah. to oversell it, you know, and that's one of the reasons I've always been so hesitant to say anything about my past. Like one, there's OPSEC stuff Two, I don't want people to misconstrue the things I say is like, you know, encouraging them to the do Bible. anything that I'm saying in real life. Exactly. The way I do it yeah. isn't real and it is just a game and we are doing it for entertainment. Like that entertainment can be used to to educate and teach and, and learn from, but it doesn't make it a training aid necessarily. So I'm, I've just been so, so careful. Um, so when I see people more or less, you know, selling their background as a means to generate internet attention, it always kind of, you know, puts me on guard. Yeah, I think, I think it's kind of like that slippery slope that uh, a bunch of veteran gamers see that, like where they see some people, you know, they, they start, everyone starts using the buzzwords and it's like, yeah, that's great and all. And we under, I understand it from a marketing standpoint, but mm -hmm. like, you know, you're, you're, you're preaching these things at that point. And like, now people are going to start taking it as the Bible and it becomes kind of like one of those, uh, Detroit urban survival tactics. Oh my type God. Stuff, yeah. You know? It's like, God. this is how we do it. You know, <laughs> that channel is such a disaster. I love it. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Yeah. But it's, uh, it, it was really, it was fun to stumble into your content. And, um, I saw you, uh, you went on fodder's podcast probably about that same time. And, and I listened, you know, to that in its entirety and I really appreciated it. And, and that's the first time I realized that there was, um, this uh this tactical gaming content creator from 375 because at the time like i saw you had some scroll memorabilia in your background and i was like oh shit and i was like do i recognize <laughs> this dude like have i seen him around um that barracks room looks mighty familiar yeah right and then uh it was uh i don't know a, a couple months later i think you finally you commented on one of my videos um and you were like hey dude we are speaking the same language we should probably talk <laughs> there's, only, there's only one person there's like I heard, I heard one word and I was like, I've only ever heard that in one spot. And I'm like, Hmm. Yeah, it's too funny. Well, I'm glad it worked out and it's been a pleasure getting to talk to you over the last year or so and, and getting some games in more recently. It's been an absolute blast, man. Oh dude. Yeah. I wish we could get more games. in. It's just unfortunate that our schedules are never like yeah. on being like grown ass men is a huge inconvenience. Oh my gosh. Tell me about it. Adulting. I hate What's this. uh? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, talk, talk to me about, you know, what led you to the army? What were you doing before then? Did you go, you know, fresh out of high school? Did you get to college first? You hit the workforce and, and then what was your path to the regiment? Yeah. So I've always kind of had a passion for the military when I was younger. It started like when my grandfather would tell me stories, he was a second Lieutenant or no, a first Lieutenant in the army national guard, but it was all during like the Korean war and stuff. So I learned a lot about that. And then my uncle, um, he was a Green Beret in 10th Special Forces group for a couple of years. And then, uh, so I learned a lot about that. And, you know, for a while, I was just like, oh, military, military, military. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I got older. I think I got about middle school. I started looking up on YouTube, you know, anything you could at that time, which was like early 2000s. And I was like, oh, and then at that time, it was Marines. You know, Marines were doing stuff in Afghanistan and Iraq and all that kind of stuff. Fallujah was going on, I believe. And, hmm. uh I was just, yeah, I was just hooked. And at that point I was like, I'm going to be a Marine. 
So I went, I went to the recruiter's office, like, I think, oh God, what was that? Junior year of high school. Yeah. Didn't really work out that way. I uh, ended up going to college. My parents were like, you need to get some college in you before I go in the military. Because I knew I was going to go in the military. I was like, all right, all right, I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll get some college in. So I ended up going to uh, a small community school up in uh, Minnesota where I live. And it, I mean, I got a law enforcement degree. So I got a two-year degree in law enforcement. Cool. Um, yeah, and it was honestly, and not to plug them at all, but like they're the academy that I went to, second to none, I think. Uh, I still use some of the stuff that they taught me in college. Like when I was in the special operations realm, I was like, I used some of their stuff. So I was like, this is insane. Like that is a testament. It's a testament like to their psych academy. stuff and like bit TQ kind of stuff. Uh, actually, uh, I got trained on how to pie a door the ah. best in that academy. I believe it, man. I yeah, think there's it like this. There's this misconception that um, the, the special operations community has a monopoly on all things small unit tactics and CQB, and I, I don't know that most folks appreciate that. the The task of most special operations units is are to be generalists. It's to be like pretty damn good at a lot of stuff. But there's a lot of like urban SWAT teams and full time SWAT teams and and folks in law enforcement that are doing this shit all day every day. And the the number one threat they're gonna face ever is like a barricaded suspect and they've got to go like enter and clear a building to save somebody. Um, whereas there's like a whole myriad of tasks that you have to accomplish in soft. And by nature of that, you're not training one thing all the time. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the instructor that taught me this, like on pie and a door and stuff, I was like, I use it to this day and I tell people about it. Cause like it was kind of passed over and I was like, here, listen, this is like another tool in your toolbox that you can use. And a lot of the guys were like, wow, it's actually really smart to do. So yeah, I mean, uh anyways going back onto the timeline here so i went sure. to college two years of that came back uh and immediately after i was in oh sorry i was in a seal phase for a while after that um uh, yes <laughs> i had a seal phase everybody. yeah nobody's perfect <laughs> nobody's perfect um i ended up going to uh in 2014 i actually went to do you know that extreme seal experience camp yeah yeah I've run by it. don shipley yep so I went to that in 2014 and I had a blast there, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was all about seals then. And funny, uh, funny story actually, um, that I just noticed on Instagram recently, uh, DJ Shipley, uh, I believe he is one of the owners of mm. GBRS. Uh, if I'm not that DJ, uh, mistaken, yeah. yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that's, uh, Don Shipley's son. I I'm pretty positive actually. Hilarious. But, yeah. I'm like, holy crap, small world, but yeah, uh, that's wild. Yeah, absolutely crazy. But anyways, yeah, so had a SEAL phase in college. Um, dude, good for DJ, though, getting out there and crushing it. He's clearly done dude, all right. absolutely crushing it. I can't, I'm going to, I got to listen to that podcast with him on, uh, I forget, Vigilance Elite. They just did yeah. a podcast together. I have to check but, it out, uh, too. That's neat. I love the GBR yeah. stuff. They release all sorts of great media. I do, too, man. general knowledge. It's awesome. Very, very smart dudes. Very smart dudes. Um, But yeah, no, so I had a SEAL phase. Uh, I found out that I'm not great in the water i can swim and i can do stuff in the water but i'm not great so i was like ah, okay let's let's start looking at other things you know and i've learned about the ranger regiment then uh right about that time and i'm like okay okay these guys are doing some pretty cool shit i'm like all right i'll give that a shot so i ended up going into the army right after uh college on an option 40 contract um so i went through basic training airborne school and then straight into rasp which stands for uh ranger assessment selection program for anybody who doesn't know um, got through that selection and got into regiment in 2016. 
dope. I, I get asked a lot because um, while I don't you know necessarily talk about what I've done in my career, I've definitely um, people have you know figured it out and, and asked me questions and shoot me DMs and stuff. And I get que- asked uh, pretty often like about RASP and about selection more broadly. Um, what uh, what is an option forty contract? Is there any other route into special operations? And what was your, you know, basic training RASP and airborne experience like? Okay, so an option 40 contract is basically I had what they called, I think, an 11 X-ray contract with an option 40. And basically what option 40 is, is it gives you a chance to go to RASP. It, like, gives you a slot in RASP, assuming you get through basic training and airborne school. Like, no problem. You have a slot in RASP. So, um. Basic training as any in terms of any other way to get into special operations, there's like a plethora of ways. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you all of them off the top of my head. I'd have to do some more research, but I mean, there's guys who would go into the army without even an option 40 contract and they would pick one up in either basic training or airborne school because mm-hmm. um, the range regiment, they'll, they'll visit every one of those. They'll visit basic training. They'll visit airborne school to try and pick more guys up if they need slots. And yeah, so you can you can pick one up that way. You could also go come into the regiment uh, or go to RASP. Like once you've been in the army for a while, I believe I'm not really sure on like all the specifics of that. But there's there's guys who come in who've been big army for a little bit and then they go to regiment. But for me, I was a baby. I came in, went straight to airborne school, got done with that, went straight to RASP, got through. So uh, in terms of basic training, honestly, basic training for me was I lost a lot of weight. Because I was kind of a bigger football player. Nice. Yeah, I lost about maybe 10, 15 pounds there. Yeah. I mean, everybody kind of does. But uh, did a lot of running. Got in really good running shape there. A um, couple of the drill sergeants there were pretty cool. Like, they taught me quite a bit for being basic training. Um, went through OSIT there and everything, blah, blah, blah. Uh, airborne school was good. Obviously, it was like a vacation, you know, five jumps. <laughs> you know, you, you jump out of a plane, it's the yeah. best thing that, since sliced bread. And then the more you do it, you're like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. How funny is it that, like, at the time, you're just like, this is the coolest thing on planet Earth. I'm a giant badass, and everyone should envy me. And then it takes all of, like, your sixth jump to be like, I'm good on that. Like, if, if I never have, you have to do your, that again, that's okay. You have your first close call or something, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I got to train this, and I could die. Like, I mean, yeah, everybody knows the hazards, but it's like, do we really have to jump today? I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, can we just save this for combat and pretty much not ever do it other than then? Yeah, exactly. Falling out of the sky with style. Um, but yeah, no, uh, airborne school was a vacation then, and I loved it then. But, you know, as my career progressed, I ended up not liking jumps at all. But, uh yeah, so I went through that, uh, went into RASP, and RASP experience was, I mean, it was it was good. I mean, you know, I people are probably going to get mad. Hot take. Uh, RASP isn't hard. It's, yeah. it's tough, but it isn't hard. Um, if you can physically make the standards, which they're not that bad, uh you will make it as long as you don't quit and you can make the standards of land nav and physical standards and all that kind of stuff like yeah they're gonna run you down you're not gonna get a lot of sleep you're gonna get smoked a lot but that's just part of the process and then i think people they talk up the selection like so much that it like psychs them out 
For sure. And it's like, look, it's like, look, man, just get there, do what they tell you to do. They're, you're gonna mess up because they're gonna make you mess up because they want to see how you react to failing. Obviously, it's a selection. You know, it's not like a, it's not like a, hey, uh, you do these things you're in. Like they also are looking to see if you're mentally like you can do yeah. it. And there's a reason. There's a method to the madness. So. Yeah, you just put it, your head down, you're in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely designed to be like, you know, the most demanding job interview in the world. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I kind of share your assessment of it. I feel like before any hard thing I've done in my life, whether it was a selection or school or, you know, even like a major milestone in my family or professional and personal life, um, you tend to like build these mountains out of these challenges you make for themself yourself. And the this like anxiety and like doubt monster comes in and you question your own capability, you, you question your own confidence, your ability to to get, you know, through whatever that challenge is, even though you may be well prepared for it. And that a certain level of performance anxiety I think is healthy. Um it keeps you on edge and keeps you motivated. You just can't let it crush you. And the best way in my experience to like mitigate that anxiety is to be exceptionally well prepared. Um so for a RASP or any other selection, like the best way to prepare for it is to train physically, train mentally, understand you're going to face some challenges, but be ready to accept them. If you show up in the best physical shape of your life, you know, with the mental resilience to overcome whatever challenges you face, you've given yourself the best shot and that's going to reduce some of that, you know, doubt and anxiety, but we all have it, right? Like anytime you face a challenge, there's a certain degree of doubt um, that you have to overcome. And the more you overcome it, the easier it gets to do it the next time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, and just to say, like, I I didn't, like, go in this cold turkey. Like, I prepared. I mean, like I said, I've been wanting to go in the military my exactly. entire life. And I was in college for two years. And during that time in college, I knew I was going to go into the military and do some sort of capacity of special operations. It just happened to be the Ranger Regiment. And, um, yeah, I, was, I wasn't, you know, gaining the freshman, freshman 15 when I was in college. I was working hard. And I definitely prepared myself the best way I could. Um, and I arrived there in very good physical shape, but I will say when you go through basic training, like if you do the option 40 route when you go through basic training and airborne and basic training, you're probably going to lose a lot of that, a lot of that physical prowess, you know, unless you're going to become good at running, but you're yeah. going to lose like your muscle mass, you know? Yeah. That's what um, I was going to ask is if you, if you thought or felt like basic training damaged your uh, preparedness mm -hmm. for RASP, Hundred percent. You know, if I would have went into, if I wouldn't have went into RASP as like a fresh guy right off the street, I would have been way better off. For sure. In my opinion, in my opinion. But uh, I, I definitely got in really good running shape. You know, I lost about fifteen yeah. pounds there, and you so. need that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's like you said. It's like it's like you build up mountains of everything, and yeah. you know, when you're going through RASP, it's tough. You know, you're like, oh god, this sucks. You know, I've got like maybe two hours of sleep and now we're doing this six mile ruck run like i've never even ran in a ruck before like this is horrible yeah. you know like it, that's that i think that's the funniest thing is like the uh in basic training you got guys and you're doing ruck marches so it's like you're walking with a backpack on and yep. a gun and you're like oh this sucks you know but you've never really done that in your life and then you get your rasp and it's like okay now we're gonna run and we're like oh god you know we're like yeah. i've never done this before um but you know as you conquer each hill you realize and by the time i when i was in regiment for all it's like and people ask me about rask i'm like bro compared to everything else that's pretty easy yeah so yeah. yeah that's true and um i think what like 
especially the selection in the pipeline to, to regiment is so short um, that if rasp is something that you struggle with overcoming or you, you have difficulty building up the confidence to be successful in it, like, man, it doesn't get much easier afterwards. Like being a private in Ranger Battalion is not a pleasant experience. Um, I was 100% going <laughs> to say that. I was like, yeah. if you think RASP was hard, wait until you were a private in Ranger Regiment. Yeah, it's uh, it's not like it's getting much easier afterwards. And then guess what? Like for a break, you get to go to war. So it's it doesn't slow down. Yeah. It never slows down. Never slows down. I mean, short little story when I became a little private in Ranger Regiment. I literally just got there. I was in dock. Uh, I was doing everything to get in on third mm-hmm. bat. And they stuck me in the barracks inside the fence and i'm like oh god i'm by all these rangers now and i like go into my room and these guys they these guys just got back from a deployment fresh off of deployment like i swear two days ago and they're having a barracks party so i go i go in and i'm about to like get in my room and hide for the rest of the night and they're like hey (laughs) who are you and i'm like oh i'm a new guy i just got here and they're like what company and i'm like bico like okay because i was in the seco barracks okay and they're like, oh, okay. So they chose not to mess with me. If I was Seco, oh boy. <laughs> um, uh, so, so I got in there and I like tried to set up all my stuff and tried to, you know, calm my nerves. Cause I mean, I'm not going to lie. I had definitely had anxiety on my first couple on my first, uh, couple weeks in, in, uh, regiment. And I mean, quite honestly, it was for the best, you know, cause like, oh, yeah. there's a lot expected of you as a private and, yeah. um, but anyways, going on to that night, I had a lot of anxiety. I was like, whatever, okay, I'm just going to try and play some Xbox and, you know, get some sleep because I got to do stuff in the morning. Well, they're having a barracks party, and these guys are freaking just, you know, do, doing ranger shit. They're just <laughs> knocking down walls and doing all kinds of stupid stuff. Yep. And they're just kicking on doors. And I'm literally in my bed just, like, covered up like, oh, God, please, I hope they can't kick down this door. I mean, this <laughs> ginormous steel door. I'm like, God, please, I don't want to get freaking my ass beaten my first night here. Oh, but, uh, man. And uh, I, I look back on it now and I just laugh. I'm like, God, that's funny. And, you know, all the times that I've done that to other privates where I just oh, like scare yeah. the shit out of them. Yeah, that <laughs> anxiety that you spoke to, like your first couple weeks have being anxious. I feel like that it never goes away. It kind of just changes over time. Um, yeah. But there's there's like there's a lot to be proud of living that sort of lifestyle and that sort of community surrounded by those sort of men. Um, but uh it doesn't make it easy, right? Like selection happens, works out, get to your unit and then it just stays hard and the expectations stay high and you just have to continue performing and you don't get a ton of time off. And if you don't have, if you're not, you know, on leave your training and if you're not training, you're deployed. Um, and it's a grind and it, and it's a grind that's like worthy of, you know, being proud. Um, but it is a, uh, it takes a huge, huge toll, you know, on the mind, on the body, on the family. Um, and uh, and it's not easy to maintain. And I, I think there's a lot of like just glamorizing the lifestyle, particularly for those who haven't experienced it. Um, and, you know, for those of us who have touched it, it's certainly worth being proud of. But I think it's also important to like at least accept the fact that it's not normal. Um, and no, it is, ex- it's exceptional. It's exceptionally like exceptionally difficult um, beyond the ability to like explain to someone who hasn't experienced it. Yeah, you're basically a part of a fraternity with guns, you know. Um it's 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 one of the best experiences in my life, uh but when you're in it, it's stressful and you know, you got a lot going on. But 
yeah, I mean, when you're new there, it's like they you get there your first day, and I mean, shit, I got jumped in on my first day. Like, I literally like, yeah, here, meet your new private buddies, and they we have rules, you know, you can't no no close fist to the face or anything like that. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, let's just yeah, I meet your new private buddies. And I go to shake the first guy's hand, and I just start getting my ass. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, that's just kind of the mentality of guys. It, it, it's gotten better now, guys. I'm, yeah, first off, I'm going to say it's it's not it's not like that anymore. They don't jump people in anymore. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's a different world. And you know, you get there, they give you a ginormous Bible-looking packet, and they're like, "Learn all this by tomorrow." And you're like, "Oh God." Um, yeah it's it's a blast that's <laughs> yeah so so what was um you know what was life like after it kind of stabilized what's your next couple years like uh a blur uh fast and furious um yeah. i mean it's like it's like you said you know you got if you're not training you're deployed if you're not deployed you're training you know like you got the you got a couple weeks off you know before and after deployments and then you're just constantly, you know, almost in, in work mode all the time. Um, not, I'm going to say like 95% of the time you're in work mode. You know, you get, you just got so much going on. Um, yeah, I, it was, I, I, it was a great time. I, I, do you have any, like, in terms of specifics you want me to talk about? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, what, what, what did a workup feel like? I mean, obviously keeping OPSEC and all that sort of stuff in mind, but what, what did a workup feel like? What, um, you know, which uh which pumps did you do and and how was that experience uh yeah so i got there in 2016 and had a few had about four pumps um so first few were uh two to or one to syria was my first one um during that all stuff was going on and then going into 2018 um we went into Afghanistan as part of a strike force, which that was a very, very much uh, good time. I really enjoyed that deployment. Um, after that, went into Syria again in 2019, and then 2020 back to Afghanistan as part of a training type stuff. So it was, I mean, the, the workups are about six months now. It, it, it really varied. Um, yeah. The first... The first pump, it was like six months, like a regular, a regular train up or something like that. And then second one, um, it was regular. But the second into third, because I went to uh, Ranger School, um, I guess I should probably touch on this a bit. Like when you get there, you don't have to have a <laughs> Ranger tab to get to Regiment. You don't have to have one. So if you're a private coming in, you obviously don't have the Ranger tab because you haven't been to Ranger School or anything like that. So you, that's kind of like your... Uh, uh, what, what is it your probationary period it's like hey yeah it's you're here respect. you're here but you have to get your ranger tab if you want to stay and i think it's i forget the exact amount of time it's like the first nine months or something that you're there or 18 months i can't remember um but anyways you got to get your ranger tab and i did my first deployment without a ranger tab or anything like that and then came back and went straight into ranger school i think like two weeks later oh that hurts uh, yeah, I think the the year of 2017, yeah, the year of 2017 for me was uh, Fast and Furious. I mean, I came back from my first appointment two weeks later, went straight into ranger school, recycled Florida. Yes, I'm Ooh. a recycle. I mean, I'm it's a true hard. ranger. You know, every ranger recycles, you know what I'm 
right? <laughs> I, yeah, um, I recycled Darby. You're good. Did you? Okay. Um, yeah. So, recycled Florida. Got back from that, and I think like within two weeks of getting back from that, I went straight into uh, uh, another deployment. So, 2017 was fast and furious, and then I got back from my second deployment there um, early 2018. But nice. yeah, um, and then after that. Uh, we had a bunch of, I think I did like two trainings, two training, uh, workups that, uh, come in year. Um, yeah, and it was, it was super just busy that year for super, like, super busy global reasons. Yeah. I won't, <laughs> I won't get into specifics on <laughs> yeah. that, but, uh, it got weird. It for super a busy. Yeah. yeah it got really weird for me. That's good, man. What was, um, what'd you think of ranger school? Uh, I think I, I mean, I liked it, but I also did not like it at all. Um, I think it's a great school for teaching people how to lead under extreme stress. I think sure. that's obviously what it's there for, you know? Sure. Um, if people think they're going to be like commandos by the end of that school, you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, I, I, think, I think it has a purpose. Um, and this is going to be another hot take, you know, because everybody talks about like, are you a real ranger if you have ranger tab? Are you a range, real ranger if you're in ranger <laughs> battalion? Or do you have to have both? Or do you have to have both yeah. in a deployment? You know, everyone's got their own little yeah, yeah, yeah. way of saying it. How funny are we um, as an organization? Oh, my gosh. You know, I don't even, I don't understand We're it. so bro. silly. Good job and, to anyone who's done any of those things. You guys are killing yes, it out there. Killing it. Killing <laughs> it. Uh, in my opinion, and this is a hot take, in my opinion, uh, I personally think that you can't necessarily call yourself a ranger unless you've been in ranger battalion. Um, and granted, there's no, I'm not digging on anybody who's been through ranger school and like, that's, that's tough school to get through. You know, it's, it's a very good school to have. Um, but I personally think they should change the name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they should change the name to like premier leadership school. Cause it teaches you how to lead guys in extreme stress. It's, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like the combat leader the course. I mean, I like the heritage yeah. of it. I, um, yeah, I agree with you. It's a good course. Not going to make you a freaking, you know, operator at the end of it. I think they do a good job of teaching small unit tactics, but it's, again, like the absolute basics. It's the fundamentals. And I think where they do extremely well is, like, can you execute the fundamentals under just absolutely freaking miserable circumstances, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, and so in that way, it's good. And, and, you know, it'll instill some good habits and some bad ones. Um, I share your, you know, general sentiment on the delineation between a 75th ranger and a ranger qualified individual. That's why I've started just adding the term like 75th ranger. If I'm describing you or people like you, um, just cause I, I think it is important to delineate and it's, it, it can be considered disingenuous. You always see these like congressmen and stuff like that, you know, advertising themselves as a ranger, um, and leading the public who doesn't know any better to believe something that is not entirely true. Uh, just because I mean, how many times, how many times have we had to, or have you had to, and I'm sure I've done it as well, you know, just like have to explain to my family members, like, okay, this is, this is Ranger yeah. school. Even soldiers, man, Italian. like even, uh, even within the military, it's confusing. It's just, it is confusing. Yeah. It's a weird, uh, jargony kind of thing, but. And it's not to dig on anybody who just yeah. went through Ranger school and wasn't in, in battalion. You could be a stellar soldier and not be serving in Ranger battalion sure. by, uh, like by all means, you know, but, um, in my opinion, like to call yourself a ranger, and if you do the ranger mission, you have to be a part of ranger battalion because you're not really doing the ranger mission if you're not in the battalion. So, sure, 
No, it's that's a that's a great position, man. Um, that's awesome. So you got the full experience, rode hard for a long while, um, and then you got out. What was what was that like? I feel like um, we uh, we we've spent some time describing like what an enormous personal investment this kind of lifestyle, um, you know, to be a part of an organization like that is. And, uh, it takes a toll and, you, and it almost becomes like so much of you. It's like such an enormous part of your identity. I feel like we're all at risk of allowing that title and those accomplishments to consume us and become everything. Right. Um, and you see it a lot with guys who get out and, uh, you know, just spend the rest of their life telling people about how cool they used to be. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, I, have thought about and struggled with personally. I know it's, you know, something that I've watched my peers struggle with as well. What was transition like for you? Um, did you have a plan when you got out? How has it been, you know, now that, uh, you're in the free world, you know, do you still talk to your buddies, uh, in battalion? Are you, um, you know, I, what's the sentiment and what's your response kind of to that little monologue? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, well, obviously it's a, it's a complete uh, different world outside of the military for anybody. Um, but going from the culture of being in the Ranger Regiment to being a regular normal guy outside in the great w blue world, um, it's a culture shock for sure. Um, my girlfriend will be the first to attest to this, that I have calmed down a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of my transition, I mean, it, I think it went really well. I think I may, I kind of told myself and had those little internal battles as well. I was like, I need to, I need to move on from this. Like I did these things and that's mm -hmm. great. And that's great. Always something to be proud of, but like now what's the next mission, you know, what's the next thing I need to do. Yeah. And me having a plan getting out, I was like, I'm going to go into it. There's a lot of stuff I can do there. And I'm going to kind of build my path through that. And it's been going really well, man. I've uh, I've had some uh, great opportunities in IT, and just right out of the gate, I just got lucky. And yeah, that's been going that's been going great. But in terms of like what it's like being just a regular guy out in the world, uh, feels pretty good, you know, not having to worry about uh, yeah. getting up at six thirty in the morning or anything like that, <laughs> yeah. getting yelled at and stuff like that. Oh, for but, sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I will say I don't fall into that stereotype of growing a massive beard after I got out. Um, or getting fat. Good for you. Or getting fat. Yes. Unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, I got to get that chimper membership going again. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, it's funny. My girlfriend's like, yeah, I like you just like you uh, clean shave. And I was like, fine, I guess I'll shave, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's been going really well. Um I personally don't think I've I've ever really I like made myself as like I've always been a ranger like made it as like my personal identity. Um yeah. I absolutely take pride in it and I love it and I and I definitely find myself in those times where I start, you know, re reminiscing in the glory days. For sure. Um but I can definitely take a step back and be like, okay, that was awesome, but that's not going to yeah. be the rest of my life being yeah. that I'm only 27 years old. So Yeah, right? Like it's a chapter, but it's not uh it's not who you are. It's something you did. Yeah. And it's also, I can take everything from those experiences and apply them in my life in the future as like, just, you know, when I, when I, uh, am really tired, I'm like, okay, well, at least I'm not 10 days into, uh, FTX or something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, 
Yeah, bro. <laughs> I laugh because you say that and um, I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of ranger school stories. We have to avoid that at all costs. Uh, but <laughs> but after I, I completed that course, I um, like I, I vowed to myself that I would never waste a bite of food again in my entire life. You know, like I would always mm. have a, a clean plate. Um, but anytime I like I go to throw away like a like tr- like food and I'm undisciplined in my promise to myself, I'm like, there's a really hungry son of a bitch in mountains right now. And he would kill anything <laughs> to get his hands on just like <laughs> bite of food. Um, that's true. But what I tell myself is like, <laughs> I earned this shit. I can fucking throw it away. If I want yeah, right. He can keep walking. He'll be okay. Um, be fine. the, uh, and then the other thing you said was, um, you've gotten really lucky since you got out and that's probably true. Um, but I have a feeling that it probably has something to do with who you are also. Um, because whenever I see guys, you know, transition after, you know, especially dudes who are successful in battalion, because we've seen plenty of guys, you know, show up and burn out and get RFS in their first term and, and it not go too hot for them. Um, but for dudes who are successful, uh, it is very, very rare that I see them fail to do anything they want to accomplish. Um, so you might call it luck. My suspicion is that it's probably like a very well-prepared dude who had a plan, who got out, um, you know, with a plan, who uh, who ran into some fortune that you were prepared to take advantage of, right? So like luck is when preparedness meets opportunity, and that's probably the formula that you use to achieve whatever success you're experiencing right now, if I had to guess. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying there for sure. And the regiment has definitely prepared me for like any sort of like tough times in my life. Like I could always, you know, at least I'm not in Florida or something like that. Like I'm, <laughs> I, I can, I can get through this, you know? And, and uh, yeah, the things that I, that got instilled in me there and like the work ethic I learned while there is second to none, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So there's, um, you know, there's a lot of dudes probably hearing this for the first time. One of the reasons I like having uh, an online presence is uh, the ability to, kind of answer people's questions about stuff like this every once in a while you know i'll I'll get that like dm and like hey should i consider this or that or anything else what would you say to the dude like the young guy who's maybe in your shoes finishing up school thinking about what he wants to do with his life uh and thinking about you know trying to take a swing at soft what kind of advice would you give for a dude like that uh well the first thing i always ask them honestly i've had quite a few guys ask me this like what should i do with the military or something like that First thing I always ask them is like, okay, do you want to fight? And they're, and you know, all the guys they are always like, yeah, of course I do. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to ask you this again. And I need you to give me a serious answer. Do you want to fight? And they're like, and if they say yes again, it's like, okay, well, I would consider going into Ranger Bat because those guys are always fighting and you're definitely going to get your fill there. And my, uh, my team leader told me this. He's like, if you're here for more than two years, you will 110% see combat. And I think that's true. I think that's hundred percent true. And, uh, in terms of like what I tell them after that, and they're like, yeah, I want to, uh, go into Ranger regiment or whatever special operations capacity. It's like, okay, well you need to start preparing now. Um, get out of, stop doing the, uh, bodybuilding weightlifting stuff. Cause I did that and it didn't help me. So yeah, Go out there and run. Go out there and put a pack on. Don't kill yourself, but put a pack on and just see how it feels. You know, get feel it out, feel it out, yeah. and then uh, you know, just prepare your body and stay healthy, and you you'll be fine. You know, like if you want to learn more about things, there's a couple books I always recommend to them. I always recommend them to uh, On Killing and On Combat by Alex Grossman. Um, 
is it Alex Grossman? Or I can't remember his last, his first name. Um, but uh, those are really good, I think, in terms of like the psyche of uh, yeah, Warriors old and new. Um, yeah, that's mainly what I tell the guys. And then if they if they end up uh, reaching out to me again, I'll I'll fill them in on whatever they need to know. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think that's that's solid advice. Um, particularly the do you want to fight thing, and you know. I pray that our nation sees peace um, indefinitely and we won't need rangers to kill people for us anymore. Uh, I don't think that's likely. And I feel like we also, I was certainly at risk of convincing myself that I was going to into like this profession um, where fighting seemed so distant and so impossible and so Hollywood that it wasn't real. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But Exactly like you said, um, you know, I was fortunate to never have to experience any significant direct combat personally. Um, but it was all around me all the time. You know, I know you based off of that timeline in 2018, probably had a pretty spicy trip. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, but it, but it is present. Uh, it's exceptionally dangerous. Um, it's real as fuck. Um, a lot of bad guys die and some good guys die and it's fucking scary. And, uh, and dudes who aren't ready to like, you know, make that and internalize that as a real freaking thing are probably signing up for something that they're not really ready for. Yeah. I think the big thing that I try to get guys in their heads is like, you start getting in your psyche now that like, you're like, if you want to go, want to go to regimen or you, if you want to fight, like you need to understand this, like, this is a very real thing and you're like, you could kill people, you could see some very horrible things, but you need to mentally prepare yourself. And I think I did a really good job at that and like mentally preparing myself for something like that. So, cause I went in, I fully expected all these things and they happened. And I was like, you know, it, when, when you first, when it first happens to you and certain things like that, like experiencing the horrors of, you know, stuff like that, um, it's it's a, it's kind of a shock, but it's also like, if it depends on how much you have conditioned yourself. Um, I will say, I will say the army does a pretty good job at like, uh, desensitizing people. (laughs) Um, it does. It's not brainwashing. It's desensitizing. Uh, I remember when I went on my very first, uh, point raid, I thought it felt like a training mission. It just felt like, uh, you know, we did it, we went through it and everything was good and went home and yeah. But yeah. it just felt like training, you know, because we've just done it so much. It's crazy how effective good training is. Yeah, agreed. It's um, it's uncanny. <laughs> Leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uncanny. Um, yeah, man. What uh, you know, you were out when um this past summer when when things went to shit in Afghanistan and we watched Kabul fall and all that sort of stuff. And not to go like you know too Debbie Downer on you, but what um. What was it like watching that happen, having invested some time personally there? And um, did you have any did you have any feelings about it? Was it just like watching something on TV? Were you not particularly heavy invested? Um, I I was I was pretty deeply affected by it to be honest with you because I just uh, I just spent so much time there, um, but in a, in a healthy way where it was kind of like uh, just reflecting on my time there and, and reliving all of it, um, kind of from start to finish and, and just remembering old friends and experiences and you know, every freaking chew I ever lived in, every hole in the ground I slept in, every, you know, it it, it was just um, an excuse to go back through all of that and then try to struggle with like that impossible question of whether it was all worth it. Yeah, I think um, when that was all happening, you know, I'd always get a bunch of questions. People was like, how does that make you feel and everything? And yeah. for me, 
um being i've i mean i've i've been there a few times and i personally don't feel as invested as some other guys are and i com- and i completely understand why why uh people get really invested in that like mm. i i'm s- super fortunate to not ever have to have never had to lose any buddies over there when i was over there so yeah. for guys that have i completely understand uh how they would feel about it you know i completely i don't i don't knock anybody for it or anything like that um but for me it just didn't really affect me that much yeah i hear you the um and it's been it's been so varying in in everyone i talk to and a lot of it does seem to be correlated with guys who've sacrificed a lot there and in my way like yeah i've got some buddies that were hurt um and killed over you know the my time in service there but um for me, it's just like, it's the time, like just the, the literal years. Um, and like it really formative years of my life, frankly, and, uh, you know, not being with my family during those periods. And so less like the loss of life and injury and more just like the effort invested and, um, and the time away from my family. Cause I think part of that was just, you know, being a little bit older and having kids and, and a wife in the mix during that all, you know, all those trips. Yeah, and I'm sure that was very, very hard to go through, you know. And I, me personally, when I was when I was going through all those deployments and stuff, I had a girlfriend at the time. Uh, we we actually did end up making it through those, but um, eventually, like, and it's it's a huge sacrifice, you know. You you spend so much time there, and um, you come back, and then this happens, and I 100 percent understand when people are like, "Well, that was yeah. just felt like such a waste," you know. Um, yeah, and. I definitely think they could have handled it better. I think everybody could agree on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where like you see it and you're like, ah, you know, you hate to see it. I yeah. you really wish um, things could turn out better there. And, but yeah. I hope those assholes are enjoying my freaking bed, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I can't even imagine. <laughs> it's, it's hard to imagine like, these dudes um, who are at one point your enemy, just like strolling into a place you used to chill, <laughs> and like yeah, posting up, uh, like at <laughs> least like in a snap, asshole. right? Yeah, like at least put it on Instagram so I can peep the spot and what you did with the place. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's too good, man. Um, so uh, yeah, so how like during all this while you're you know you're deploying and and you're coming back and you're training and everything else, were you still gaming through that entire time, or were you just too busy? Uh, oh yeah, I was gaming. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, I actually made my first, gosh, I don't know, maybe fifty videos or so. Uh, I'm gonna say half of the videos from Task Force Mohawk, the stuff that I used to do yeah, yeah, in yeah. Uh, Army Unit, that was all made in uh, in Afghanistan. No shit. Did the time zones just like work? Oh, dude, it was funny. I would wake up at like, and this is in 2020. Okay, so I was, yeah. uh, I was uh, on my way out, and everybody knew that, so I wasn't necessarily being used for a lot of things because they're just sure. like, he's gonna get out, so we don't really need him for this and that. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna game a lot, and uh, <laughs> I would, go, I just would like wake take up a laptop. Like, yeah, I had oh, I had my game laptop. Oh, dude, I have a. I got a picture I'll show you later of. Uh, this is actually during uh, when the COVID epidemic and everything happened. And I had to uh, put my kid on and it was like, when COVID won't let you go out on missions. And I'm like in full kit playing. <laughs> Armor 3 and stuff. Oh, it's uh, just too funny. Great. 
but no, yeah, man, I would wake up at, I would wake up at like 3 a.m. I think, or something along those lines, get on, do an op with, uh, the TFM guys and then get off like, all right, I'm going to go get breakfast and, you know, go on with my day. Nice. God, yeah, that's outstanding. Insane. Good for you, man. <laughs> um, that's awesome. The, uh, I know you, you, before the show started, we were talking about VR a little bit and, um, and you know, you and, uh, your wife, girlfriend, wife, girlfriend, 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 where, uh, yeah, you guys play VR at the house. Are, are you still playing VR every once in a while? If you are like, what are you playing? What are your hopes for VR in the future? Uh, yes, yes, I am still playing VR. Um, like you saw in my Instagram post not long ago, my Yee. girlfriend just got a hold of it and she's loving it too. Uh, speaking of which, I just told her about that population zero thing and she's like, okay, we're getting that right. I'm like, yeah, probably. Nice. Uh, <laughs> my wife <laughs> no, uses yeah, my, uh, my gamer tag or whatever you call that in VR. So we can oh, link really? them up and they can go like fight eight year olds together. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'd love to see that. That's good content right there. Absolutely. Um, let me think here. So yeah, so I'm playing on VR. I play a lot of Onward. And I know you know that. Oh yeah. Um, uh, let's see, Blade and Sorcery. You know, just when you just get home from work and you just want to beat the crap out of somebody. <laughs> uh, let me think. Mostly Onward, Blade and Sorcery. I had played. A, I played a little bit of Boneworks. Um, nice. And then Half Life Alex. I haven't beat that yet. I gotta beat that. Dang it. Um, I haven't yeah, played Half Life Alex, but I know it's the premier VR game, and I'm supposed to go play it. But I'm just so invested in it. Like anytime I turn on a video game, I have to make content because my time is just so strapped. And if I want to publish, you know, on a semi regular basis, I've just got to be invested in the right kind of games. Luckily, I love oh, those I games, and I love making content, so it it's okay. It, I don't mean to sound whiny. Um, <laughs> there, but there's a what, what do you think is going to happen with VR in like next year or so? I'm a huge, huge fan of it. It's so frustrating to watch it struggle to go mainstream. I know it's inching that way with uh, with Meta especially, uh, but it seems like there's just a lot of people who still haven't tried it. And every time I see someone try it for the first time, it blows their mind. So it's like such an easy sell if you can just get people to give it a shot. Agreed. Um, you know, what's funny is when I was playing VR, I was playing a lot of Onward when uh, I was still in and stuff, and I bring guys into my barracks room and sometimes my squad would go in and they'd they call it crushing back. Uh, generally that means everybody's going to go sleep, but they would come over, they would come over and, uh, crushing back, put on some, uh, onward. And I swear to God, every guy that I put in that, that seat, they're like, mm -hmm. we could use this. Like we could use this for some training. Like it's not obviously one for one at all, yeah. but the, every single guy I put in, they're like, you know, you, we could actually use this for training in a way. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, no, I I wholeheartedly agree. I think like there's there's purpose built stuff designed to be used in a training capacity. Onward's not one of them, but even in Onward, you could you get that like uncanny realistic vibe. And uh, it's not like you're actually manipulating a weapon and you're not going to be able to train marksmanship, but if you just want to train like situational awareness and like good macro movements and, you know, formation order of movement, watching your sector, you know, moving as a team, nonverbal communication, like you can work a lot of that stuff uh in vr and and it's pretty compelling agreed and like if if the ability you know to like make maps and stuff and like make shoot houses and then you can explain oh, yeah. like explain certain like you know ttps and stuff on how you would do these certain things and it would be it would be a great training tool for like new guys coming in if like in their off time or something like let's say they want to use their ginormous budget to make put a few uh vr rigs yeah. up in the up top uh yeah. 
so the guys can come in and just, you know, maybe practice just get reps. some. Yeah, get reps. And I think it'd be a great tool. Um, but we'll yeah, see. I, we'll see what happens. I uh, I don't know if I talked to you about this or if you've seen any of my posts, but have you seen the um, the Chimera XR system at all? I've seen it, but I have not looked into it that much. Okay, so I um, I reached out. I don't remember if I reached out to him or he reached out to me, but I was connected with the CEO, the founder of that company. Uh, the dude's name is uh, is Taylor McCubbin. I'm actually gonna. I need to reach out to him and see if he wants to come on the show and talk about his project at some point. But um, it's pretty cool, man. And, and it's a purpose-built VR system where um, the, the the controller is actually like an injection-molded lower receiver in appearance M4. So it's like an M4 lower. And you take a real upper and you just drop like at, at the house. Like he, he sent me one of these things to test out. And at my house, um, I dropped my like my Daniel defense upper real world into this lower receiver that is an Oculus controller. And then I take an additional Oculus sensor that he's put onto like a Picatinny attachment system and put it on the freaking Picatinny uh, top rail of my upper receiver. And so I'd have in my hand a controller that feels like my rifle. It has my light on it, you know, my freaking foregrip, like all of my stuff. And, and at work, it would have like, you know, your laser and all that sort of stuff. And you can actually manipulate it in the sim and then in the sim you can customize levels you can you know give the ai certain behaviors you can work like shoot no shoot stuff and it feels a lot like onward but you've got um, a much more realistic platform better simulated ballistics it's pretty janky like in you know like any vr system is uh, but it's exceptionally well done and i was um yeah like just having it at the house and, and messing with it for a couple of weeks i was like damn this this needs to go mainstream like why every law enforcement office you know in the country doesn't have something like that is uh beyond me yeah i mean you don't gotta go to the range you don't gotta you know call up any time you can you can hop in there and well i mean you still obviously got to go to the range and do stuff obviously because it's not a real thing but the getting the actual reps uh it and mental reps and stuff it's just I think it's great. And what you were just explaining, like that sounds like an amazing tool that we should definitely start using. Yeah. Yeah. And like the value proposition is pretty intuitive. Like if you go do a BD six shoot house, how many reps do you actually get on the building? If you think about it, like you hit the flat range, you do your CQM qual, you go, you know, hit some glass house stuff with the team and squad. Then you go out to the freaking shoot house and you get, you know, your day, dry rep in for certification or day sim or day blank, whatever you're doing. And you switch over to live and maybe you do it one time live. Um, and then you rinse, wash, repeat, and you know, in the, in the dark. Um, but you can replace, not replace, but supplement all of those reps with, you know, a hundred rooms in a digital environment. And they're not as high value, high quality as they're going to be live, obviously, but they count for something. And they're definitely better than a glass house. I think you're going to get more training value out of it for sure, considering about the little limited amount of time that we have and, you know, having to re, uh, re put up all the targets, you know, pasties, everything, all that, it takes time. And, yeah. you know, being able to stick guys in, in, uh, VR and kind of run reps through stuff. It's, I think it ups the training value and it's going to help guys. So yeah. I definitely think there's a place for it. I don't think it, I, I don't think it'll ever replace anything that we already do, yeah, but I think yeah. it's definitely another tool in the toolbox that we can use. For sure. And a lot of our adversaries are already doing this stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, what the heck, America. Yeah, right. Make sure, like, at, at no point in anything should we be, hi be behind ever, <laughs> much less this right, sort of exactly. stuff. 
Um, yeah, man, that's awesome. Did, uh, at work, did you ever use any Sims at all? But I mean, not Simunition or UTM, but any, um, like, did you do any digital simulations in your, you know, time in battalion or in the army? In my time in battalion, no. Uh, but when I was in the guard for a year, we did the, uh, that electronic shooter range. I forget yeah. what it's called. EST, EST 2000. Yeah. Yeah. We did that. And you know, that's, that's it is what it is. <laughs> it's, it's not great, but it's, it's like a carnival experience, right? Exactly. Yeah. For those who don't know what an EST 2000 is, can you describe that for him? Because this is where the army is, right? Like when we we're talking about this high speed training that exists yeah. commercially, but hasn't propagated throughout the defense department and law enforcement yet. But what is available to the army is what Grim is about to explain. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like y you walk into the room and there's a ginormous projection screen, and you got like a little range out there. You know, it looks just like the range you know out in Georgia, and uh, you. You got your gun and you got like a little, it's uh, hooked up to this big ass battery and stuff. It just looks so clunky, man. And it's, <laughs> and when you shoot, when you shoot, the recoil is like not at all. And it's, uh, it's, you'll have like malfunctions like with the machine and not the actual gun. And I don't even think you had to manipulate the gun at all. Uh, I think there was, or it was like a really weird way yeah. to manipulate it. I was like, like well, this was is like no training at all. Pushing and less like actual weapon manipulation. Yeah. And you're just shooting Ex at a screen and yeah, it's, it's janky. It's not quite yeah. there. It's not great. <laughs> it's, yeah, I just, it's like, you guys have all this money. Like, just give us something better than this. Yeah, man. Oh, it's too good. Um, well, it's a new year. How was your holiday? How was your break? Did you do anything exciting over, uh, you know, New Year's Eve or anything like that? Uh, yeah, New Year's Eve, I watched uh, my girlfriend's mom play the same song on Beat Saber for about three hours uh, drunk. <laughs> Are you um, serious? She was, she was like just dead set on trying to get it done and it That's was like content, I, I, I miss new year's because of it like it was like i look at my watch and it's like 12 30 oh, oh happy new year everyone and she's like still trying to conquer this one song on easy and it's just funny as heck to watch. did she ever get it she did she did and there when she go. got it get that dub yeah she got that dub that's for sure that was pretty funny okay. um in terms of let's see so that was new year's eve Christmas is great. You know, it's just like every other Christmas. Yeah. Um, going, seeing all the families and stuff. It was good to see everybody. Did uh, you treat yourself or a loved one to anything awesome? Oh, gosh. Well, my presence, first off. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I got my girl a couple of good stuff that go. I won't even, I won't, I won't talk about on podcast, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it's a good time. I mean, yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> do you have any uh, any big plans for the new year? A lot of people do resolutions and stuff like that. I try to set some goals. I think um, I don't mean for them to be resolutions. That's too uh, forced, you know. But I do set goals I, each year. Do you have anything going on like that? Uh, I saw your goals, and I'm like, gosh, dang it, this guy's got it going on right now. Like, I need to whoa, whoa, whoa. Down, goals and goals. accomplishing goals are two different things. <laughs> it's true, but I mean, hey, I'm like, oh, I gotta do, I gotta do this. Like, so I haven't sat down and set any for this year yet. Um, but I definitely will just because, you know, it's fresh, clean slate. You know, I'm not I'm not going to like you. I'm not going to call it a resolution or anything like that. Um, yeah. But I definitely have like uh, a bunch of goals that I got going on for just continuing education in IT, um, content creation goals, you know, learn, try and get more. Uh, uh, I'm trying to find the word for it. Um, be a, post more. I'm trying to post more. Okay. Um, yeah. I was actually, I was going to ask about that. Cause I know you, you get like, you seem to get streaky, right? Like I'll get 
a piece of content from you like weekly for a couple months and then you'll go quiet for a bit. So I was, I don't know if it's something that you're heavily invested in or something they're really aiming to, to get after, um, in the future, but it sounds like maybe. Yeah. When I, so when I started doing streaming and content creation and stuff, it was like 2018 and I, and I got back from deployment and I'm like, yeah, I got some time on my hands, you know, after work and stuff. And it's like, and I, I play a lot of video games. So I'm like, I want to make playing video games like worth my time. You know, like maybe yeah. I can make something of this. I can, I can maybe generate some revenue. I can put some content out there. And so I kind of just made it that way. And for like my first year, I didn't, I didn't make any content on YouTube. I was all just like streaming just on streaming. Twitch, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was all right. You know, I played a lot of Ghost Recon Wildlands. I was just super competitive into that for a while. Um, but yeah, so I got into it and I think when I really started getting, uh, kind of serious into the content creation was when I got into, uh, TFM and Arma and stuff. When I started mm -hmm. making more, more, uh, operations in that because I had some time in 2020 when I didn't, wasn't really doing much and, um, <laughs> doing operations in that. So that was a good time. And I got more into it and then I started to catch some traction and I was like, okay, yeah. this is, this is really cool. Like. I, I definitely want to keep continue doing this. It's just, like you said, life is really busy. And yeah. I think I, po I posted out uh, this last summer. And it's like, especially in the summer for me, it's like, I got a motorcycle. I got all these things. I was like, I, li I, I put it out. I was like, right, guys, I like riding my bike. I like being out in the boat. So content's going to be pretty scarce this summer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but... I definitely try and get on and whenever I'm gaming, it's the same thing for you. It's like, if I'm gaming, I'm going to try and make some content. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't take away from like my fun factor. Like if I'm not having fun doing it, then I won't, then I won't do it. But I feel very much the same way. Yeah. But like, it's just, you know, content just kind of just happens. And uh, yeah, I think it'll definitely pick up now. I've been, I mean, transitioning, you know, I've, I've moved twice in my transition and, you know, kind of resetting up everything. I'm actually in an unfinished basement right now. Uh, there's stuff all around nice. me and, uh, you mean content got... creation studio. Yeah, exactly. It's my, it's, it's, it's my man cave. Uh, there you go. my girl's like, my girl's like, I'm going to give you the basement that can be your man cave. And I'm like, yes, I love it. yes, please. Um, but no, yeah, I'm definitely going to try and get more content out there. Uh, I would definitely say it's kind of a passion for me. I would love to see it go somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I'm always, I'm always looking at how other people are doing stuff and, uh, looking for different ways to get different content out there. And I mean, props to you, man, you're, you're absolutely killing it by the way. I appreciate that, man. It's, uh, yeah. it's the same thing. It's a passion thing. If it wasn't fun, I wouldn't do it. I'm lucky that what I enjoy doing other people enjoy watching. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. it's not, uh, making stuff to get clicks it's making stuff that happened to get clicks, you know? And I think you got to love it. Exactly. And that's, I think that's kind of like one of the things too, that I, when I set out to make content is like, yeah, I would love to see it go somewhere, but a lot of it is for memories for myself. Yeah. Where like I can look back on this, like, oh, I remember those times or I remember yeah. doing that. And it's just, it's a, it's a wild ride and I can't wait to see where it goes. I love that, man. I'm, I'm excited to see. Um, what you've got coming up. There's a lot of good platforms out there right now. We got extremely mm -hmm. lucky this year, especially in Q4. I say this year, last year, especially in Q4 um, with like a slew of tactical shooters surprising us, frankly. Um, the biggest one there really being Ready or Not, which you and I got to play together. How fantastic is that game? Uh, <laughs> dude, it's it's amazing. I I, there's it's not it's unlike anything else right now i mean 
the I think the biggest thing that I really like about that game is I'm able to take stuff that I learned uh, in the military and implement them. Yeah. And it works, you know, yep. like it's and it's some logical stuff. And it's like it's super cool to see in a game. And I think that's honestly like what really gets me into the tactical gaming genre is like I love watching uh using real world like tactics and then watching it happen in a video game and it work and it's like oh my gosh that was so cool yeah um it's exceptionally rewarding when it comes together because it's hard to do it yes exactly it's hard to do it and i think sometimes people forget that it's a video game and it's not real life so you can't exactly <laughs> uh implement things exactly oh, how you would do it in real life dude the freaking comments bro I'm, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm stealing, I'm stealing your slogan. I'm take no shit, 2022, baby. Take no shit, 2022. Freaking hashtag uh, it, send it far and wide. Suffer no bitches in yeah, 2022. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not it's to go down a funny. rabbit hole and stuff. It's, it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, um, yeah, it is what it is. Seeing, getting corrected by teenagers on the internet for doing things tactically incorrectly always gives oh, me gosh. a good giggle. It does. It, yeah, it gives me a giggle too, man. It's just like, it's like, really? It's like, come on, man. It's a video game. Yeah. But that doesn't take away from the fact that Red or Not is freaking spectacular. Um, yes. And it's still super early in its life cycle. There's not a ton of content out for it right now, but more is on the way. And the content we have is freaking phenomenal. Um, yeah. And it's moddable, bro. I, dude, the, I was just saying this the other day. I'm like, the modding community for this game is like already happening. Like, mm -hmm. holy cow! I hit up Karma Cut right before this to ask if we could talk about the thing he's working on, and he said we can. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. So, if those of you, I guess, you don't know, uh, Karma Cut is working on a mod for the game, like a direct action type mod, where it's so, in layman's terms, it's to make it a little bit more direct action-y like yeah you, there's gonna be more guys with guns there's gonna be there'll be no shoots i think but there won't be as many um it's kind of more this the the setting uh is more military type than law enforcement and yeah we got a lot of bright minds working on it um and i'm super excited to see where that goes because yeah. i'm seeing i'm hearing a lot of great ideas and a lot of things that could be implemented and i'm like oh gosh if that happens like we got Absolutely. something here yeah, the, and I don't want to promise features or anything like that, but the dev team Karma threw together super quick, and he's got a lot of talent on it. And um, the uh, like the, the advisor bench is freaking deep, and there's a lot of good dudes with a lot of excellent experience and backgrounds, like advising um, from a military capacity on it. And it should be it, it should be pretty special if we can pull this thing off. A lot of it revolves around you know ready or not completing their own development timeline and not uh, you know changing the way that mods are implemented, but um yeah i'm optimistic i'm hopeful and that's just one like who knows how many other little projects are going um and and really the big one is like are maps going to be at least reasonably easy to create and if the answer to that question is yes then ready or not lives forever like swap four agreed agreed i mean it's if you can keep making maps for that game like you're there's a reason why people still play swap four yeah know? dude um, we play it all the time exactly and it's something to be said that if you take that same formula that you have from SWAT 4, which Ready or Not has, uh, you're going to make a great game. And it's funny because I've been a supporter of that game for two years before it even you know started catching yeah. wind. And 
people, you know, for a while, everyone's like, it's, it's nothing. It's, it's going to die, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know. Cause I'm, you know, obviously under NDA, I couldn't say anything about it. And they were slowly making progress. Um, yeah. and eventually, and eventually I was like, I was like, I don't know. I think they got something here. If they actually come out with something good and you know, they had yeah. that little hiccup with multiplayer and stuff. So, <laughs> but I mean, we won't talk about that, but yeah. Uh, It'll be interesting to see where multiplayer goes, but I'm happy with it, PVE. It as long be. as they don't F up PvP, I'm good. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I think I think what they're doing right now in going back to like the main formula of SWAT 4 mm-hmm. and bringing that in is just like it's it's exactly what everybody wanted. Yeah. You know, you, you you went in there and you're like, oh my gosh, this is just so great. Give the and people what they want. Yeah, give the people what they want. And when we when we first played it, I think Justin Haddock and I all hopped in together. I remember like, we were just like awestruck. We're like, oh my gosh, dude, this yeah. game is awesome. Yeah, dude. That round where it was like me, you, Karma, it might have been Havoc. I forget who else was in that crew, but we we did uh the hotel mission. Um that was like maybe my second or third mission like ever in the game, and I had just kind of figured out the controls. I think we saw a trap for the first time in that one, like when you hit that trap. Um, oh yes. And I was just like Bro, this freaking game, they did it. The crazy bastards did it. They pulled it off. They made SWAT 5, and it feels that way. It does. Uh, and I don't think I'm overhyping it. I think it's, it's, it is what we wanted. And I, um, I also realize I benefit from playing with a kick-ass group of people, and who you play with matters a lot. Um, so mm-hmm. the community is going to keep this thing going. And like, you know, discords like this one, um, and certainly their official discord and other communities just uh, need to keep like kind of you know helping nurture the community and, and putting together you know good teams for dudes to run with so they can have those experiences agreed 110 percent. i can't wait to see what happens in the game um oh yeah i just get a hard on thinking about it every time i see <laughs> every time i see you guys like even if you guys are playing the game justin's playing the game all the whoever's playing the game like i watch like 30 seconds of it and i'm at work or yeah. something i'm like oh my gosh i want to go i need home to go home right game. now yeah no it's awesome it's been a while since the games um got me excited like that too so it's good yeah um yeah man what uh what about arma what do you think arma is going to look like in the new year is arma 4 upon us oh god i met we'll see we'll see you know it's been so long and i they're 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 coming out with a lot of stuff now. I saw that they showed the new engine, yep. and I think they just did a a thing on Reforger, right? They just put out something on that, like they confirmed that Arma Reforger is happening. I hadn't. You know? I, the last note that I had seen was the um, the update on the engine. Okay, so but I trust your judgment. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I just saw something on it. Not fake news. Um, it's. I love Arma. Uh, yeah. There's a reason why I keep coming back to it. Um, I've got over 2,000 hours in the dang game. Hot damn. Uh, yeah, I I love Arma. I mean, you can take that. It, it is a literal sandbox. Like, you take yeah. any game that we're playing right now, and it's like, I could probably make a scenario similar to that. It just won't be the same mechanics, yeah. you know? And that's what I love about it, because I, I got into the mission making side of it, and I, I learned a lot about it. Because for a while, it was just me playing, you know, by myself. It's like, how can I make like a bomb ass campaign or something that I yeah. can play through? And yeah, I just got really, uh, really intimate with uh, the editor. But I love the game. Um, I really hope Arma Four comes out. But the thing is, is when Arma Four does come out. It's gonna be the same thing that is for Arma th- that was for Arma Three. It's the modding community, which they will, is going to get have to you know hop on that saddle and 
yeah it's start porting like mods cause... six months to a year to just get all the same functionality you had unless you know this pretend game that may or may not ever actually come out um includes a lot of them and that's kind of my hope is that if this thing ever does become real um that they look at a lot of the things that every single arma community uses and they just make them you know organic to the game yeah and i think they probably i mean if they don't for arma 4 i think they're kind of being lazy because there's yeah. they got they have two or three games now where they got the everyone's using ace and it's like come on like let's get ace in the game let's 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 get the same functionality yeah and... like either like you know your acre or what's the other voip system uh arrowhead yeah arrowhead or acre or cba or ace like some of these mods that are just so widely distributed um it would be a shame if if something equivalent to those didn't make it into whatever the next installment of the um you know of the series might be but i'm hopeful for it man i love arma i go back to it a lot too it's just not user friendly and i don't have the time to it's build not. maps or overcome the issues with server hosting or overcome the issues with like mods and compatibility and everything else um like we always joke in my little group that you know to start playing an arma mission takes like hours and hours of prep and then you're probably going to break it before you get started yeah like i i justin and i we always talk about this like you need at least like a five hour block to play it's arma. insane yeah and, and i like i just don't ever have that but if if yeah if they can make it's, it more user-friendly but still retain everything that makes it special which is the fact that it is a sandbox you can do anything in then they've got um you know a magic formula on their hands agreed i yeah i just love that game so much um yeah i yeah it's a great game great game yeah i'm uh i'm hopeful that we'll get some news on that at some point in the next year or so the um so outside of uh you know gaming and, and i know you're still uh you've got you said you gotta uh turn the gym membership back on and start smashing your fitness goals i know you're super fit and i see your uh your flexes on instagram all the time so good for you uh the uh but besides, <laughs> beyond like gaming and fitness and and work and and hanging out with your girlfriend um are you uh are you still shooting now that you're out are you doing any gun stuff were you a gun guy before during after or is that just not something you ever dove into i i'm not a huge gear or gun guy i i generally like i'll use what uh like i didn't know what an a, a cry abs was when i got into the regiment and then i got it i was like oh this is sweet you know yeah. like i want one of these you know but i mean <laughs> uh i i i i'm not a huge gun guy or like a, a gear guy so like when someone asked me like oh what kind of pants are those like bro i don't know or like yeah. what kind of what kind of uh the issued um, kind <laughs> optic is that yeah exactly the issued kind um but i i like my nice things so yeah. i do get i kind of model all of my kit now that i have uh off of what i used to have and i mean i still use my ronin senshi belt i still yeah, yeah. um i my play carry i'm using now is just the ac1 from okay. t-rex arms cool so, do you like I, it I, I, I do. I do. I like it. I haven't had, been able to field test it quite a, a lot, but yeah. uh, I I got it. I got it in my, uh, my you know, everything goes to shit bag uh, yeah. in case that happens. Um, I'm saving up for nods. I want nods really bad. Dude, there's uh, a, a Ryan's doing a giveaway right now. I don't know if you saw that. 50 bucks an entry for a chance at a set of DT NVG White Foss. <sighs> Thank you for yeah. telling me that. I'm about yeah, to go I threw fifty bucks at it just to you know whatever. It's for a good cause too. I don't want to just like flex that it's for nods. It's to help out a, a family friend of the uh, Orion crew. But if you're hearing oh, this before like January 10th, I forget when it ends. Chance at a dope set of uh, dual tubes. Oh gosh. All right. Yep. I'm about to do that. Um, 
No, yeah. Um, I, in terms of shooting, since I've been out, I've gone a few times. Um, not as much as I would want to. I mean, there's so many things that I want to do. Like, yeah, if I if I had it my way and I had a like unlimited free time, I would do nothing but shoot, lift, uh, play video games, and ride my motorcycle, and of course, nice. hang out with my beautiful girlfriend. You know, yeah. if she ever listens to this. Um, <laughs> but. I mean, it's just the time, you know, like with my full-time job now and everything, yeah. it's just like, I get home from work and it's like, okay, I can probably got some time to play video games if I, if I'm not busy with anything else, but you know, getting out there and shooting on the range, like my weekends are usually full, man. I'm usually going whatever stuff we got to do. You know, we yeah. got a full plate every weekend. Um, yeah. Time is a premium I, and the older you get, the less time you have. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely premium. I find that I can, I have too many hobbies. Like I have way too many hobbies. Like whether it's, you know, I, I say family as a hobby, it's not, it's an obligation, but I love my family. But like I invest an enormous amount of time taking care of my kids and like, you know, being a good husband to my wife. And then, um, beyond that, it's like, fuck, I gotta make content and, uh, I gotta play games with my friends to make the content and hang out with my friends online. And then I gotta, uh, get to the range and shoot a couple hundred rounds every couple weeks. And I gotta, you know, it's deer season, so I got to get out and go chase white tail yep. around and try to freaking, you know, kill a deer so I can have some organic lean meat for six months or so. And so like, I just sign myself up for all these things I just don't have time to do. And I end up just uh, spinning a bunch of plates, giving up a lot of sleep and doing a bunch of things um, half-assed, you know, because I can't go, uh, I can't invest the time I need to. Yeah, 100% agree on all fronts there. You know, I got I got a lot of hobbies too and just like you just can't fit them all into the day and you're sacrificing one thing and most of the time it is sleep. Yeah. And uh yeah, it just makes me not productive at all <laughs> when I when I get For really sure. freaking tired during the day. But, you know, uh monsters, oh, not monsters really, I don't have monsters. Uh full throttles are a great thing. Um, there you go. I may I'm a bang and a rain guy and I drink the shit out of some coffee. I mean like I <laughs> I drink I, a lot of coffee, bro. When I got out, I was a rain guy, and then I got so sick of it. I, w I went to Bang. It was like the Star Blast is my yeah. thing. And then I went to, now I'm on full throttle, and I've been on full throttle for a while. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I had Knots for a while. Knots was my mm. thing. I just, the Psycho Juice, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Rip it's <laughs> overseas too, right? In the defense. Oh, God, Every time. yeah. Of course. Oh, my <laughs> dude, I got to send you a picture of the freaking pyramid of rippets oh uh, man and, that and makes me sick just thinking about it <laughs> yeah um red was my go-to um <laughs> yeah just not a lot of time man and just not getting a lot of sleep because of it but i would love to i would love to keep i would love to go shooting again uh my uh girlfriend's father he's a state trooper out here and he cool. he loves shooting too and we got him and I are like, we got to do this Glock thing. I want to see how good you do at it. I'm like, I would love to do it. You know, if we have time. Full send. Got to do it. I actually, um, just, uh, and gosh, I, I'll do like a video or like some social media or something on this eventually. But I, uh, I just treated myself over the break to, um, a Mark 18 build finally. Like I've been thinking about it for years and a Mark 18 mm, no, 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 no. and this is, yeah, like translation. It's, uh, it's, it, I mean, it is the rifle I carried, uh, in uh, overseas many times the uh but it's like the the 10 3 daniel defense um i got the pistol version because of tyranny and uh <laughs> yeah it, but uh i'm stoked man it was a, it was a heavy investment but um i've just like thought about it for so long had the means to do it because 
you know, things in content creation have gone my way over the last year or so. So it's a kind of a treat to myself to start the year off and I'm excited oh, to yeah, finally man. own like a, you know, it's a dream gun. So it'll, it'll be cool when that thing comes in, I get it tricked out. Excited. I need a Mark 18 now too. God damn it. Right, bro. It's, I can't wait. Well, and it's one of those, like I'll own forever, be able to get to my kids and be like, Hey, this is the, this isn't the one, but it's the same as the one, you know, that, that I carried. So it's exciting. It's going to have some, uh, some sentimental value too, man. I never thought about like that. Now I'm, that's justification. There you go, man. Just, uh, you just got to set a bunch of money on fire and explain that to your girlfriend. Oh God, don't even, we'll, we'll handle that later. <laughs> yeah. It's a future problem. What's that? We got to, we got to fix up the basement, but, uh, this mark, this, uh, razor's looking pretty sweet over here. <laughs> exactly. You're talking about saving for nods too. Good luck, man. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm screwed. <sighs> that's like a car. <laughs> it is a car. It's it is a, a car. it is a small car. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, man, I've, um, this has been a badass conversation. I've loved, um, getting to catch up with you and, and honestly just like learn more about you. And unsurprisingly, we are into all of the same shit, um, which pumps me up, man. And, uh, I'm stoked to see what you've got in store in, in 2022. Yeah, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, when you, when you just started this, I was like, I think I messaged you that day. I was like, dude, love the podcast. Uh, when are we gonna do this? Yeah, and I, I like I was I jokingly I was like we got to get you on, but if I do that, I probably got to come out of the closet just so we can have yeah. a conversation <laughs> about shared interests uh, on the same exactly. playing field. But uh, well worth it, man. And um, it was a pleasure. We'll definitely have to bring you back and, and check in later this year to see um, you know how much you're crushing it. And uh, yeah, this this has been fantastic, dude. I, I appreciate you um, just uh, being a great internet friend and, and a content creator. Appreciate everything you've done. Um, for the regiment and for our country. And uh, I'm glad that you're kind of setting the example, getting out and killing it in the free world after the fact. And uh, that's something a lot of dudes can admire. And for those listening, if you want to get in touch with Grim or go check out his stuff, where can they reach you at, Grim? Uh, they can reach me. Uh, well, I think all of my handles are BDGXGrim. Uh, that's my YouTube, my Twitch, and also my Instagram. So if you guys want to reach out to me, you can go ahead and hit me up on any of those. Badass. And then if you guys have any questions specifically for him, I don't, I'm not going to invite you to blow him up on Discord, but you're welcome to ping me um, or come over to our Discord and uh, and send some questions uh, in just like the the media and links or the Hangout channels, and we'll uh, feed those over to Grim. If you've got any questions regarding service or anything like that, I'm happy to field some of those as well. Um, definitely intend for this to be kind of a positive outlet for people looking to do awesome stuff with their lives. Yeah, I'm an open book. Uh, I don't mind at all questions from guys about military and stuff like that. Like, I would, I would love to mentor the next warriors of this uh, great nation. For sure, dude. And the, that's honestly, dude, it's been like low key. I've had the opportunity to talk to some dudes through that process, uh, and they're at various stages um, in their like initial entry training and uh, selection and, and kind of the first initial tours right now. And it's been some of the most rewarding things I've had the opportunity to do on the internet. So any ability to do that going forward is uh, certainly welcome on my end as well. But um, yeah, dude, this has been a fucking pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. I'm really looking forward to the next one. I'll make sure all those links are uh, down in the show notes so you guys can just go down there and uh, and find Grim in that way. But thanks, man. This has been badass. I appreciate oh, it's been you. Great, man. All right, dude. I'll see you. And great. That's thanks, a wrap. Dude. Yeah, that was a blast, man. I appreciate your time. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. I was having a blast. Yeah, dude. Are you? Uh, do you work tomorrow? Are you gaming tonight or what? Uh, I do work tomorrow, unfortunately. And yeah. now I have to go upstairs and explain to my girlfriend why uh, 
now we're going to go watch Yellowstone again. Um, <laughs>